the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Nine minutes after 10 o'clock, and we continue into hour number two now of this Veterans Day broadcast on AM 1420, The Answer. It is the 11th day of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2021, paying tribute to veterans of all branches of service, as well as active duty personnel who continue to lay it on the line for the people of this great republic. Uh, this republic was once free. It is not any longer, not since January 20th of this year, and not since we do not have control over our bodies anymore, that the state can decide what we can and cannot do. Uh, we're not free anymore. And if and when we are able to regain our freedom, it will be because of the heroics of people like our veterans that we honor today. So we'll continue to do that as the day goes on. And thanks again to Travis Hall from Second Chance K9. Uh, somebody called and asked if I would give you that website again. It's just that. The word second, the word chance, and then the letter K and the number nine, second chance K9. It's a great place to go if you are looking to donate money before the end of the year, tax-deductible donations. It's a terrific, terrific organization doing great things for particularly special ops veterans with PTSD. All right, now with that, let's open up our number two, as we always do on Thursdays, with Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper, a past university president, a best-selling author, a columnist for the Washington Times, and also a radio podcast host in Oklahoma. Dr. Piper, good to have you back. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, as always. So what a phenomenal column this week in the Washington Times, as you remind everyone of the story of Solomon, uh, the great Judge Solomon, who had to decide which mother had claim to a child. And what moms in Virginia did this past week, I think maybe is emblematic of what moms all across this country want to do when it comes to saving their kids. Tell us your analogy and tell us your story. Well, as you know, I, I argue that the real lesson in uh the election in Virginia, as well as the election in other places in the country, but I'm focusing on Virginia in particular. Sure, sure. But the lesson is this, 
mothers and fathers rose up and said, no, no, you are not the mother of my child. Terry McAuliffe, that child is not yours. Um, the National School Board Association, no, my son is not yours. This is my son. I'm the real mom. I'm the real dad. You will withhold your sword. You will not cut my child in half. I will not let you continue to eviscerate my daughter by suggesting that she's in the wrong for not wanting boys in her bathroom, her shower, in her locker room. I will not permit you to continue to cut the soul out of my son by telling him that toxic masculinity is what defines him and that being a man is an objective fact rather than some sort of subjective fantasy that you're making up. No, I will not allow you to make manlyhood a negative. I will not allow you, as C.S. Lewis said, to geld the stallion and then bid him be fruitful. And I use the story of Solomon, where the real mother stepped forward and told Solomon, no, withhold your sword. I don't want you to cut my baby in half, because the real mom knew that what would be left was nothing but a dead baby. Real mothers and real fathers rose up in Virginia and proved that they are the ones who care about children. And all of these oligarchs and all of these elitists, like Terry McAuliffe, who have been demanding the right to indoctrinate, to eviscerate, your children, to cut their hearts and souls out, were told to go pound sand by real moms and real dads. Thank God for the remnant of real parents that were still left to send that message to Virginia and hopefully across the entire country. Yeah, and you know, it, it, the culture war has many battlefronts, I think we all, we would all agree, but, but the parenthood one is the one that has risen now over the course of the last several months leading into that election that you just talked about in the election of Glenn Youngkin, the election, by the way, also of Winsome Sears uh, as the lieutenant governor, the first African-American female to rise to that position in, uh, in Old Dominion. That's a phenomenal thing, and and it was done largely on parents, um, which have become kind of, you know, the platform, if you will, parenting of the Republican Party. Do you see this carry? I, I saw, it may have been Joy Reid, I don't know, all of the talking heads on the MSNBCs and the CNNs run together. I can't say for sure which one it was, but they talked about how... The Republicans are trying to make parenting their issue, that they're the party of parents. We have to be the party of parents. And Dr. Piper, that party, and I'm talking about the leftist party and the Democrats that they that they make up, um, they're the ones who want to bust the nuclear family apart and not have parents. They're the ones who don't want uh, fathers to be an active ro- a part of their par- of their child's life. They certainly don't want them telling teachers uh, what the kids should learn. That should be up to the state to decide and by way of the teachers' union. So how can they say we want to reclaim or claim the mantle of the party of parents from a Republican party that literally lives it? Eh, I don't want to give the Republicans that credit. The conservative... Uh, nuclear family supporting people in this country that live it on a daily daily basis? Well, they can say it because they live in a fantasy world where they make things up that don't make any sense. I mean, these are the same people that tell us that a woman is not a fact, that she's a fantasy. These are the same people that disparage fatherhood and make it sound negative rather than positive. These are the people who have come up with the terminology toxic masculinity, as if anybody who is acting masculine, acting like a man, like the Apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians, act like a man. If you do that, that's a negative. These are the people that have embraced Black Lives Matter, which explains 
explicitly says in its documents that one of its intentions is to dismantle the nuclear family and to dismantle patriarchy. So they can talk about wanting to be the party of parents all they want, but they're the ones who just embraced the National School Board Association's letter, which was written in collusion with the White House, which calls concerned parents, conservative parents, who want to stop their daughters from being raped by boys in the bathroom in Virginia, domestic terrorists. So how can they say this? It's because they live in la-la land with Gavin Newsom, and they don't understand what's real and right and true. They live a lie. Dr. Piper, you're, uh, you've been talking for a long time about what they've done to the definition of a woman and essentially erasing women as, as observable facts. And now they're doing it to men, too. I'm glad you brought up the toxic masculinity part of your column. Josh Hawley, Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri, is being attacked fiercely by left-wing uh, activists because he has focused on manhood and the need for men to be men again and to embrace and assume the responsibilities of their gender role. Um, and I want to just read a short portion of an article from uh, Breitbart, which discusses this and what Hawley has said. The left has become so bent on portraying the, the society as fundamentally oppressive, as fundamentally broken, they now say that if you believe in the reality of gender, that you are part of that problem. He made waves during a keynote address at the National Conservatism Conference in Orlando last month when he highlighted the trend of American men, quote, withdrawing into the enclave of idleness, end quote, as a result of their cultural institutions impressing upon them that manhood is the problem. Last part. In an interview with Axios this week, he said, did Senator Hawley, that conservatives must call men back to responsibility amid the cultural left's claim that America is systemically oppressive and that men are systemically responsible. Um, he's taking this on, head on. He doesn't care that he is being savaged by the left for it. And I know you don't care either because you feel the exact same way. What's your response to what you just heard? Well, Hawley is spot on. <clears throat> He has said exactly what needs to be said. And you don't have to be a conservative, you don't have to be a Christian to say what Hawley just said, or for me, or you, to affirm him. All you need to do is look at the science, the social science, look at the empirical facts. We know that having a nuclear family in play results in healthy children rather than dysfunctional children. We know that boys need a father in the home to control the male libido and to teach boys how to live in a, um, in a moral uh, world where the male psyche, the male libido, the male drive is controlled in a positive direction rather than released to behave poorly. We know that, and you don't have to be a Christian or a conservative to come to that conclusion. Look at this evidence. Look at the empirical facts, look at the science. These people repeatedly say they want us to follow the science. Well, in this case, the science would demonstrate that fatherhood is good, it is not bad. That masculinity, positive masculinity, is not toxic. In fact, it is the controlling factor in culture that drives it to produce, to excel, to fight for the things that are right and just and real, rather than comply with government oligarchs who want to control us. It's the masculine identity of the male that is the goodness, the salt of culture that protects us rather than allowing us to be controlled by people with nefarious ends. And why the left would want to disparage what Holly has said is beyond me. And again, the answer for that question is 
because they live in a fantasy world and they want power and control. They don't want to follow the facts. Yeah, and that last part, I think, is the most important key. It is about power and control. Nothing more, nothing less. It's about power and control. They want to control the population, which is why they want to tear down this capitalist republic uh, uh, and the foundation upon which it was built, and to rebuild a nation in Marxist or socialist theory. Uh, and you can't do that when you have a bunch of very strong men willing to stand up and fight for family and fight for uh, the republic as it exists. There's no question about it. Dr. Piper, we'll take our time out here at 20 minutes past the hour. We'll come back and talk about, well, more power and control vaccines and masks and mandates they're all about power they're not about science it's about compliance and we'll talk to dr piper about a couple of cases in his native oklahoma next on am 1420 the answer We have thanked our airmen. We have thanked our sailors. We have thanked our soldiers. Let us now thank our Marines on Veterans Day 2021. Active and retired, thank you all for your service to this wonderful republic, and we will do what we can to defend what you have given us. And that's what we fight for each and every day on this program, and I know on many others like it. Dr. Everett Piper hosts one on his own uh, podcast network in Oklahoma. Dr. Piper, I always tell people about the title of your books, and I tell you that your columns are in the Washington Times. Tell us the uh, name of your podcast. It's called The Rebellion, and I, I'm gratefully asked for that. You can go and access The Rebellion by just going to my website, and I, my website is com. That's dr. E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. Go to that website, and you'll see a tab in there for my books and for my podcasts. If you just click the tab for podcasts, it'll take you to The Rebellion, and it's posted out there on SoundCloud and Spotify and Apple. Terrific stuff, and uh, I certainly appreciate that, and I'm happy to, to share that. Okay, Dr. Piper, there's a couple of stories from your native Oklahoma that affect everyone because we're all battling mandates, especially since Joe Biden is using OSHA to unconstitutionally force employers into demanding that their employees take shots or get fired or take tests at their own expense, uh, thereby costing them a significant portion of their paychecks. So let's go to Oklahoma now, your, your home state, where Attorney General O'Connor has joined other states in suing the Biden administration over the vaccine rules for large companies. But it's not as simple as that, because does the Attorney General have the same support of the governor there? Well, this is a conversation for conservatives. Again, Oklahoma, reddest of red state, Mm -hmm. not one county going blue in the last four successive presidential elections. Everybody assumes that we've we've got our act together down here. We've got a, a Republican governor named Kevin Stitt. Now, I've supported Kevin Stitt. I've voted for him. I probably will vote for him again, but he's wrong on this one. And this is why he, unlike DeSantis, is telling the corporations they can do whatever they want. So let's say ConocoPhillips or Phillips 66 or Devon Energy or the Ascension Medical Group tells their employees that they must get vaccinated or they will be fired, which they have done. Governor Stitt has said that he doesn't think the government should be able to come in and tell people to be vaccinated, but he also doesn't think that he is governor should tell businesses what to do if they want to require vaccination. So basically what Governor Stitt has done is thrown the average citizen under the bus 
and he has told the businesses that they have the freedom to do what they think is best in light of their circumstances, but the average citizen does not have the same freedom to do what he thinks is best. I have a problem with that. I think it's duplicitous, and I think it's foolish. I completely concur. And what I would like to know is, how is that not discriminatory? I mean, I would imagine EEOC laws exist in Oklahoma. I would imagine equal opportunity employment. You cannot discriminate based on race, based on sexual orientation, based on gender, all of those things. Why are you allowed to discriminate, essentially? A business would, why would they be allowed to discriminate against somebody based on their health, uh, choice of medicine status? And they shouldn't. They shouldn't be. Governor Stitt is, a ba- is basically, not basically, he actually is saying that if Devon Energy wants to come in and force you as an employee to ingest a drug or to inject a drug, and if you don't, you will be fired, that the business has the freedom, and he uses that language, the business should have the freedom to do so. What about the citizen's freedom? What about your constitutional rights? Should your employer be permitted to violate those constitutional rights. And Governor Stitt, because he's free enterprise, pro-business, and pro-chamber, is bowing the knee to the oligarchs who are trying to force Joe Biden's agenda on their employees. Governor Stitt should do what DeSantis is doing and stand in the way and say, no, you can't do that. DeSantis has come out and specifically said that all private employers in the state of Florida must grant, quote, all requests for religious exemptions in terms of COVID vaccinations. Why in the world isn't our governor following DeSantis? If you're not going to lead, at least follow. Follow the right guy. Let me bring you around now back to defense of the man you voted for, because the other Oklahoma story is the education secretary has called it outrageous that six teachers have been fired amid a staffing shortage in Oklahoma schools uh, over masks. Governor Stitt signed a bill in May prohibiting school boards from uh, implementing fa- uh, face mask mandates, and it looks like some are violating that uh, on a technicality. One superintendent said, the board didn't pass this mandate. I did as superintendent. Therefore, we're not subject to the governor's edict here, or the new law, rather, that he signed. So the governor, it looks like he's on the right side of this one, but uh, there are enough people in Oklahoma where they're firing teachers over over mask man, over uh, not wearing masks. And that's the liberal educational establishment of Oklahoma, who terrible, by the way. But you're right. Governor Stitt is right on masks. He was also right on critical race theory. He signed into law House Bill 1775, which makes it illegal in the state of Oklahoma for any teacher, any teacher that's paid by your tax dollars to teach racism to your kids, to teach your kids to judge people by the color of their skin rather than the content of your character. Governor Stitt has been right on many things, but like I've been on on Donald Trump, thank them when they're right and criticize them when they're wrong. He's been right on CRT. He's wrong on vaccination. I encourage everyone listening right now to Dr. Everett Piper to do three things. Number one, buy his books. Number two, read his column in the Washington Times. By the way, Dr. Piper, I'm going to knock on wood. As I say this, I have not found your columns hidden behind paywalls for the last few weeks, which is very, very convenient and easy for people to follow. So don't know why, but that's great. So go to the Washington Times and read Dr. Piper's new uh, piece every Sunday. Uh, and then, of course, uh, tune in to The Rebellion, as you heard him say, which is his podcast. And you can get that at the website, dreverettpiper.com, right? 
Yep. Thank you. I appreciate that that plug. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure. My pleasure. You're doing great work, and more people should hear it and read it. That's Dr. Everett Piper on AM 1420, The Answer. It's 1030 on this Veterans Day 2021. We'll take a time out now. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Pastor Jeff Toring from Liberty Valley Church. We're going to talk about faith to overcome the fear and using faith to help us win our culture war. He manages to combine all of those things into some phenomenal sermons that we hear from time to time on this radio station. And uh, we're going to talk to Pastor Jeff about that coming up on AM 1420 The Answer. You know, I think... um, the best thing that you can say about a speaker, um, particularly if they're a preacher or a pastor, is that they leave you wanting more. And every time I hear one of those commercials for Liberty Valley Church featuring a portion of a sermon from Pastor Jeff Toring, I'm angry when it ends because I wanted more. I wanted to keep going. I want to hear more of what he was talking about uh, because they are absolutely addictive. Uh, I'm I'm not joking, and I'm not saying that because we're about to interview him. In fact, it's just the opposite. We're about to interview him, interview Pastor Jeff Turing, because I believe his sermons are addictive, and I believe his sermons are messages that should be heard by the masses. That's the reason I'm bringing him on right now. He leaves me wanting more, and I asked Marcy, who is a member of Liberty Valley Church, to schedule Pastor Jeff Turing to come back on our program for the second time because I continue to hear these extraordinarily important messages tying Scripture to what we're dealing with in our culture right now, and I always want more. So Pastor Jeff Turing, who is now sitting in our studio, visiting with us again on AM 1420, The Answer, thank you for making the time and taking the time, Pastor Jeff. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you, Bob? I'm good. I'm good. I've been better, to be quite honest with you, and I think you know why, because you preach about it every day and uh, and certainly every week, and that's what I want to talk to you about. So let's, let's dive in just a little bit. Um, you find Scripture to fit so many of the cultural problems and issues that we are facing in our country right now as well as are better than anybody that I've heard. And I'm talking, I don't care if you're an evangelical, Protestant, if you're a, a, a Catholic priest, if you're a non-denominational pastor, it doesn't matter. Everybody tries to find the Bible and uh, and, and seek uh, biblical messages to address what we're dealing with. Now, you do it as well as anybody that I, that I have ever heard. Um, tell me how it is that you are able to take Scripture, the Word of God, and make it so applicable to so many of the problems so many of us are facing right now? Well, the, the first way of handling it is, is that you utilize the Old Testament uh, as often as you can, because the New Testament, we live by faith, not by sight. But the Old Testament is living by sight. And so you have the kingdom addressing things of the world. You have a global superpower when Solomon's reign was taking place. And um, so you see how kingdoms go against one another. You see uh, geopolitical uh, maneuverings back and forth. There's a lot to learn from the Old Testament. 
So learning it and studying it um, is is probably different than knowing it like the back of your hand. You know, I've, I'm always amazed and marvel at, at biblical scholars who can quote chapter and verse in any given moment. Somebody says a quote, you can tell us what the chapter and verse was. Somebody gives you a chapter and verse, you can recite the quote. Um, is, is that what it's like for you? Is it is it you, you kind of have it all uh, at the ready, encyclopedic knowledge of the Old Testament as well as the New? Well, I, I wouldn't say quite as much as that, but... But it, I, you know, after twenty years of preaching, you you do become a little accustomed to you know your your share of Bible verses. But the main thing is is that you can um, connect the Old Testament with the New Testament, and so you have Jesus's teachings, and then you have the Old Testament teachings, and then sin is universal, man is universal, history repeats itself. So if you look at the Old Testament and the way that things went through with um, all the kingdoms, it's the same thing now. So if you look at the book of Micah, there were three major political institutions uh, in his day in the kingdom of Israel. All three of those institutions were totally corrupt. So if you apply that to today with the three-letter institutions of our country that are completely corrupt— it's the parallels just draw themselves. All you have to do is a little bit of digging. What what are the three letter institutions you're referring to that are totally corrupt today? Well, the FBI, the CIA, the DOD. The, these institutions have collapsed completely, and the problem is is that what goes around in mainstream media, of course, which is fake news, which is why I appreciate you, Bob, and, and your truth telling. But the uh, you know, the way that it is in the fake news is, well, there's a few corrupt individuals maybe high up that are running the FBI or the DOD. But that's, that is a, a farce because if you had ethical people that are lower down the chain, there would be some kind of accountability. Somebody would just stop and say, wait a minute, uh, this is corrupt. So in the Trump things that went down the whole witch hunt, um, and then you find that one of the FBI agents changes the email and there's evidence of some of these things somewhere down the line a smaller F, uh, fbi agent or somebody in the dod would acknowledge hey this this is wrong so if you listen to uh, cash patel just lately he, he tells why he left the dod because he it is just thoroughly corrupt uh, we are talking with pastor jeff touring he's the pastor pastor of uh, liberty valley church in northfield you're talking about the CIA, you're talking about the FBI, you're talking about the DOD, you're talking about Donald Trump, you're talking about corruption, you're talking politics. Right. How do you respond to people who say politics do not belong in the pulpit? Well, there's two ways of handling it. And, and you, you know, Bob, that the Apostle Paul said milk before meat. So there are people who are immature in the faith and, and they just don't understand things. So you have to handle them softly and tenderly. Um, which uh, I'm just not very good at, but at, at least that's the idea. But if you know the Old Testament, this this is what it's this is what it's about. They they have to know that if it wasn't for the church and religion and morality, there's no way that capitalism could function. Our our, our republic wouldn't function without a consciousness of God. This this must be. Uh, integral in politics. That's that's the standard. Uh, one of the founders said, we don't need a large law book. We already have one. It's called the Book of Moses. Um, Pastor Jeff, 
Kamala Harris um, cut a video, uh, essentially a video campaign ad, uh, a relatively lengthy one, as I understand it, for Terry McAuliffe in the recent Virginia election. And it was aired, played uh, in churches all across Virginia. She received a lot of criticism. So did the churches for airing, uh, I think, around 300 300 predominantly African-American churches in Virginia heard Kamala Harris uh, advocating for Terry McAuliffe, trying to urge people to get out and vote for Terry McAuliffe. Does that cross a line, or is that keeping in you know, with, what, with, with what you just, descri- just described? No, I don't think it crosses the line. We are, we are in liberty, so just as much as I have liberty to speak freely and truly from the pulpit— if somebody else wants to speak lies from the pulpit, they have that right and liberty to do that as well. Um, that's that's their own choice. Should there be a separation of church and state in American law? And there's, you know, it, it's kind of long been accepted for over 200 years that the church and the state are supposed to be separate. I can't find that line anywhere uh, in any of our founding documents or any of our, uh, you know, in the Constitution or in our uh, U.S. Code or anything else. Uh, but they, they proclaim that church and state are supposed to be separate. Do you agree with that? Well, that's, no, how that is supposed to be is that the state is supposed to stay out of the church, not the church out of the state. We, we are in, instructed to give influence of righteousness throughout the country. What the separation of church and state is, is that the state is not allowed to be involved in dictating anything within the church. Again, the Old Testament, the prophets, all of the prophets were giving exhortation or rebuke to the kings, to the political leaders. That's why all of them were killed. Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which of the prophets haven't you killed? They were killed for doing that. In fact, it says when Isaiah spoke, uh, giving rebuke to the administration, it says that he spake boldly, so much so that history tells us that the prophet Isaiah was filleted alive for giving rebuke to them. Uh, Jeremiah the prophet spent time in the dungeon for giving messages of truth to the political leaders. It was always intertwined, the prophets and the kings and the political, and our country was the same way. So all of our founders quoted Scripture, all, mo- not all of them, but most of them. Now, some of them were deists, and then not all of them were born-again believers, obviously, but um, for the most part, they even the non-believers at that time admired the righteousness that was the fruit of Christianity. When you look, Pastor Jeff Toring of Liberty Valley uh, Church, when you look at America's founding documents, for example, the Declaration of Independence, there is ample evidence of their belief in faith, their belief in uh, in divinity, their belief in theism. Uh, and as you point out, you know, the separation of church and state simply means that uh, the church, that the state cannot establish a religion or promote one religion or another. It should get out of the way and not interfere with the uh, with the practice of one's faith. Um but they did indeed reference, um, you know, obviously theism and a belief in a God. Um, 
is is that should that take precedence over everything else when it comes to doing what you do, which is using your pulpit to not just preach from the Bible, but to tie it to things that are affecting our culture and the flock, if you will, today, including those in politics? Yes, I didn't. I I haven't always put so much concentration on intertwining religion and politics. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't been in a situation that we have been in. This this has of late come to a head. And so for uh, we, we find the phrase in the Old Testament, the watchman on the wall. If, if the sword comes and the watchman on the wall sounds not the trumpet, then it says that the blood will be on our hands. I'm a, I'm a watchman on the wall. I am one of his footmen. Uh, I'm not an executive. I'm not a, uh, anything of that nature. I'm just one of his footmen. I'm a watchman on the wall. When you see what happened over the past year, since 2020, it, it, it is the sword coming. It is, it is identical. So when you make these connections, the, the pulpit must be aflamed with righteousness in regarding these things, or we will lose the republic. What is your most grave concern right now about the republic, and particularly in this year since since January? Um, you know, we're seeing our children come under attack in so many different ways, including with mandates that toxins be injected into their bodies over something that is completely. Uh, negligible in terms of impact on children. Uh, We're seeing them come under attack from those who would divide them based on the color of their skin. Uh, Some of them being told you're a perpetual victim. Some of them being told you're a perpetual oppressor. Is it the educational realm that is our biggest concern? Is it the fact that as the the last part of your sermon that we just played before you came on, that we're being forced to uh, accept something in order to buy and sell, to travel, to engage in commerce, similar to the mark of the beast. Is there one, or is it just kind of all of them collectively that give you the most concern that you that you speak on to your to your congregation every week? It's definitely collective, but the the height. Head and shoulders above everything else is election integrity. Mm-hmm. If if we cannot vote, there there it's gone, it's over. If if you have a coup d'état and you have flipping the votes, if you have boxes of ballots that are being trucked in in the middle of the night, and you have evidence of this, I mean, there's piles of evidence. If if you can't vote, what what's the point? You should we come? You can't run campaigns. Why bother? Why have a good person even running for office? It, it's all a waste if it's flipped. But it is a collective. Uh, it is a collective effort, which is lined in the Old Testament and in some in the New, which was called the mark of the beast. This this is lined up for us. So myself as a Old Testament and a New Testament Christian, I have resources that tell us this is what it's going to look like. This is how it's going to go down. Here is how you do combat. Here is how you fight the evil. We are in a fight of good and evil. The Bible is a fight of good and evil, all the way from Genesis 
through revelation. You have Satan and you have God. You have the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. It is laid out for us. The apostle Paul said, these things were written unto you for your example, the Old Testament he was referring to. So you see the... I just preached a small series on what is called the ships of Tarshish. That is directly pertaining to the systematic breakdown in the supply chain and why we have all these barges off the coast of California. Now, most people look at that and say, well, that's just uh, because of COVID or whatever it is. No, 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 no. Uh, We know what is called the ships of Tarshish, which was the main shipping industry of the world, And God says that that will break down and that will cause a supply chain break. Now, that's biblical understanding. And if you, the main thing of Proverbs is get wisdom. So, well... That's, that's where it all stems from. And I'm sure that's why you have such a thriving and uh, growing congregation as people seek wisdom. And you, you, what I said at the beginning of our conversation, that your commercials that I hear leave me wanting more. You just did it. Now, after we're done and after my show ends, I'm going to have to duck, duck, go search ships of Tarshish. Well, the interesting... Because I don't know anything about it, but yeah, now yeah, I yeah. want to know. <laughs> the interesting part about it is um, that I uh, taught on the ships of Tarshish, I think, believe around six, seven years ago, I did the series and I just revisited it. I said, wait a minute, this is scripture playing out before our eyes. And so I said, we're just going to revisit the same sermons from six, seven years ago. And they, they, they apply down to details of what's happening. And so if you listen to these sermons from six, seven years ago to the set, you would say, wait a minute, he's just, he, he's, he's teaching that retro because of what's happening on, you know, the news. But uh, the truth is, is that, that those were years old sermons. And so on Sunday, I just re- reviewed and revisited the topic. That's pretty amazing. That really is. Uh that's why I wanted to have you on. Pastor Jeff Toring is the pastor of Liberty Valley Church in Northfield. Uh, I'm looking at the website. If anybody's interested in learning more about you and your associate or assistant pastor and uh, the entire church, libertyvalleychurch.org, just like it sounds, no misspellings, libertyvalleychurch.org. Pastor Jeff Toring, thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving us uh, so much great information and the desire. This is what I most appreciate to learn even more. That's what I think you do so well, as well as anybody that I've heard. Uh, you leave us wanting to, to, to learn more about the things that you preach on, and I think that's a gift, and we are certainly appreciative in the ability to receive it. Thank you so much, Bob, for having thank, me on. Thank you, Pastor. All right, Pastor Jeff Toring going to take us into our final break. We'll come right back on Veterans Day 2021. And wrap it up, AM 1420, The Answer. All right, uh, wrapping it up on AM 1420, The Answer on... Uh, Veterans Day 2021, I want to remind you of an interview we did. If you did not hear it, hear it. It's from the first hour at 935. Uh, I spoke with uh, the founder of Second Chance Canine Service Dogs, Travis Hall. His story is amazing. He helps rescue dogs find their humans. 
their humans are special operations veterans with PTSD who need companion service dogs. He rescues both of them together at the same time. That's essentially what he does. They don't take puppies. These are rescued dogs, and these are veterans in need of rescuing themselves from all of the things that they have suffered. Please support SecondChanceK9.com. SecondChanceK9.com. Uh, it's so extraordinarily important. So that interview with Travis Hall, it will be on the webpage on our podcast at whkradio.com. You're not going to want to miss that. We also spoke with Dr. Piper earlier today, thanks to him, and also to Pastor Jeff Toring. I want to wrap this by reminding you about our webinar tonight at Citizens for Free Speech. This is a big deal. This is our first webinar in a couple of months because we had a couple of things that uh, got in the way, including a national town hall that we did. But Citizens for Free Speech, of which I am the Ohio director, uh, working very closely with the Ohio coordinator, Dan Ramada, we are ready for tonight's next Ohio webinar for our chapter. It's at 7.30, and our guest presenters are Diane Stover and John Stover from Ohio, from Ohio Value Voters. And they're going to be sharing very important information about how we stop indoctrination of children. And you may wonder to yourself, how, how is that a free speech issue? When you are forcing children to say things that they do not believe in in schools, that is a violation of their free speech. Compelled speech is just as much of a violation of the First Amendment as uh, censored speech. Diane and John have a very important presentation to give tonight. I want you to be a part of it. If you are not yet a member of Citizens for Free Speech, go to citizensforfreespeech.org. Sign up, become a member. Then, halfway down the homepage, or about a third of the way, you're going to find a button that says Connect. Citizensforfreespeech.org. Click the button that says Connect. When you click Connect, you will be taken to another page. And about halfway down, you will see a tab for Citizens for Free Speech Ohio November Zoom webinar. Click that to RSVP for tonight's event. It starts at 730. Don't be late. Very much looking forward to this important event. Thanks once again, everybody. Thanks to John and Marcy running the show. Thanks to you for listening. And remember, thank a veteran today, anyone that you see. Thank you for what you've done for our country. Let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.